got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me as always is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Greetings. I have a wonderful, awesome, terrible, wonderful idea. <laughs> greetings, but not seasons greetings, just regular greetings. Oh, well, I I don't know. I don't know if our, our nominal protagonist would uh would would say seasons greetings <laughs> that's true maybe at the end yeah once his heart grows sizes or he just becomes mm-hmm. their uh, I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna start ranting about one of the movies we're gonna discuss today i'm gonna try and hold that back for as long as possible because we have a plan and a schedule we are here today to talk about three count them three grinch movies the original 1966 TV movie, which is a nice, short, wonderful one. The Jim Carrey-Ron Howard collaboration, which is a goddamn nightmare. And The New Grinch that just came out this year. And I'm very intrigued to hear our thoughts on that one. But this is all the concoction, this three-movie mix that we have been forced by podcast law to take on, is all because <laughs> of our famed Christmas expert, December superstar Sam Johnson. Hello, Sam. Welcome back. Ho, 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 guys. <laughs> See, Sam doesn't hold back on the Christmas salutations. Are you this great in every other month, Sam? I'm just kidding. I know the answer. No, I'm, at, I'm at my best in December. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely a fact. I can, I've, I've only known you in December, Sam, but I will say you must be at your best because I can't imagine you this good in other months. It just doesn't seem like a possible output. It'd be hard to keep this up for 12 months. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of logistics. It's not a slight against you at all. It's just too much. January's rough, guys. <laughs> All right, before we get into these three Grinch films, let's do the aptly renamed More Like Christmas Beer segment. If you don't know what that means, go stream The Christmas Chronicles on Netflix or download our episode before this one, and you will be enlightened in some very small way. <laughs> All right, I am, I am drinking not a beer and not anything of thematic value, because fuck the Grinch and specifically fuck the Jim Carrey Grinch. And I refuse to engage in thematic drink choices when we have to talk about this movie. So I have a leftover bottle of red wine that it's on its last legs that I'm sipping from. <laughs> so that seems like a very appropriate choice given the subject matter. I hope, I hope it's if, if, if we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Jim Carrey Grinch, then I hope it's a, a bottle of red wine that's been out for three weeks. The cork is missing. <laughs> Um, and you spent about $7 on it. Yeah, it's got start. pieces of the cork in it, too. It's just yeah. a whole, <laughs> whole mishmash of awfulness. <laughs> Perfect. I am uh, I'm drinking a Buddha's Brother New England IPA from Reckless Ale in Columbia, Maryland. Also not seasonally themed. Um, and, and two different regions I, there, too. It's yeah. a, that seems awkward. Yeah, Buddha, you know, that's not really, I don't know, that's not really, it's a whole different religion, I guess, but yeah. Wow, really falling off of the Christmas bandwagon here. <laughs> too many episodes this year, Sam. We can't just keep up. The, it's, just, it's too much. Steve's a slave driver. I can't. I can't go to. I don't have time to go to the beer store and pick the perfect one. Uh, well, 
Well, per usual, I'm the only one upholding Christmas spirit. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking. Oh, and also, I'm drinking a beer that is uh, that is very, very in line on theme with our with our theme. Uh, I'm drinking. It's called Santa versus Unicorn. Oh, Pipeworks Brewing Company, uh, which is in Chicago. It's a barley wine style ale. But, oh God. Yeah, Santa. Is, you know, someone's got to stand up for Santa. Do you think why? Why does the label explain why Santa would take on a unicorn? Are they foes? It's. I guess it they're has both mythical the, beings, so they have maybe a natural disposition to feud. But I guess he's playing against a unicorn. There's a poem like the night before Christmas on the bottle, uh, where Santa is playing a board game of some kind uh, against a unicorn. Okay. So it's, so it's yeah. a friendly, it's a friendly uh, battle. Friendly rivalry. Yeah, yeah friendly yeah. rivalry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, if you're drinking barley wine, I hope you make it awake to the end of the episode because that's, that's, that's almost as bold as drinking Bailey's. It's only 10%. <laughs> I think the vitriol we all shoot out there is gonna is gonna fuel everybody's fire and, and keep us going. So <laughs> we're gonna go in chronological order and talk about these three Grinch movies one by one. Again, this was a concoction of Sam Johnson. We didn't ask for three movies, but I think we all will agree that it is it was nice to watch them in a row. Or not exact not in a row on the same sitting, but to see all three and compare them. Because the Grinch story is maybe maybe Christmas Carol is number one, but the Grinches might be number two in terms of overall Christmas stories. And it's very interesting to see how they are represented. And it starts with the 1966 TV special, which is, I think, absolutely perfect. I wouldn't change a second. I wouldn't change a frame. Everything makes so much sense. It's concise. It's funny. The songs are great. Everything. I think it's just one of the best... Was it 26 minutes? The best 26 minutes in animated slash television history. Yeah, I, I'm almost mad you said that it's like number two behind A Christmas Carol because that was literally a thing I was going to say. <laughs> um, like to me, it's, it is like the number two all time Christmas story. And I would even include the book in that, um, uh, which is the book is basically the same as the as the animated special except without you know music obviously um the only reason i would and i think you could make an argument that it's the that is it's the number one the only reason i would argue that it's not is because it is to a degree derivative of <laughs> the scrooge idea right the scrooge archetype the scrooge character is you know basically sets the table for the grinch character so um I'm not using derivative in a bad way. It's just it's kind of the same, the same arc. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's perfect. And I mean, I think the other thing that I always like to call out here is like, I, I don't think a lot of people know that that voice narrating and also being the Grinch is Boris Karloff, who most people associate with like Frankenstein and monster movies. And like what an inspired choice Boris Karloff was for that. Like his voice makes that as much as anything else too. Um, it's like just the right amount of like scary and creepy and also like slightly British um, <laughs> that it's like, it's just like, they, they, yeah, it's, it's a perfect, it's the perfect amount of Christmas. Uh, the great right story. It gets all the Dr. Seuss stuff, right? Yeah. It's great. 
Yeah, I love it's it's just so fun to watch every year. I understand why Anna watches it like every day. Yeah. Because it's just like a it's like watching a storybook, right? So yeah. it's great. Um I, I would say I I I think it's so unique. Uh I don't know how you guys will feel about this, but I think it's interesting that the change from the Grinch comes when we think when I think about it in context of the Christmas carol. The change from the Grinch is less influenced by, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's less influenced by external forces and more by him basically just discovering his own Christmas spirit that lives inside of himself, at least in the original, because Cindy Lou Who is sort of like a bit character in that one, while cute, uh, she I, I feel like she doesn't exert the same kind of influence that you know the three ghosts in Christmas Carol do. And he sort of finds it from within himself. And I, and I appreciate that where I feel like, you know, Scrooge is leaning on the influence of three external ghosts. Yeah, but wait, I, not to turn this into an English lit class, but I would actually say the complete opposite. Um, the Grinch's transformation is spurred by the Who's celebrating Christmas in spite of the fact that he stole all their presents. Um, at, whereas... The ghosts are all just playing Ebenezer Scrooge's life back to him. So I would actually argue the opposite. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. I see what Sam's that, saying, though, because it's not. It's not. There was not a lot of. There's not direct influence on the Grinch in the original, at least. There's not. No one. You know. I agree. I. I was. I forgot how little Cindy Lou Who was involved in the story, yeah. given the outsized role she takes in, like you know, representations of the Grinch from this point forward. So I. I but it wasn't like anyone goes up to the Grinch and tells him like, "Get your act together. You know, be nice. Like, look at the world. It's so great." Like he just sort of lives, and everyone lives around him, and he absorbs this information. Where in a Christmas Carol, people are directly telling everybody, even if it is his own life. They're, they're 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 laying it out to him in very direct fashion. So I think it's more direct indirect that the world goes on around the Grinch and he's influenced by it. But no one is they, they don't mean to do anything to the Grinch at all. They're just doing their thing. And I would I would add, thank you, Steve, for supporting me. <laughs> uh, but I would also add that like Ebenezer, there's a there's some degree of coercion there, right? Because his fear true. of having the chains true is a big driver. That's and, very true. There's no like, there's no downside risk him continuing to be a curmudgeonly grinchy butthole. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that that well, that is certainly true. Yes, the Grinch's transformation is not self-interested at all, really. Which is, in some ways, now that you say that, is is like, regardless of your interpretation of or meaning of internal or external forces, uh, there's there's almost more authenticity in the Grinch's transformation than. Or, or or it comes without you know without a threat attached to it, right? And I think it really so. does speak to what Sam preaches on these podcasts all the time, like the power of Christmas spirit. And I think Sam, I will say, you do tend, I think, to to lump that together. Not this is not meant to be a slight against you, but you love the power of Christmas and you think it is such influencing that I think sometimes you 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 love stories that have that as an element, even if it's super on the nose and lame and <laughs> derivative in a bad way of what that can mean. But in this 26 minute short, there's no bloat, there's no extra stuff. They don't have to to 
ran that they just do it. They just move, 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 and it gets to the end, and it feels so much more genuine as a result. Like, it's such a good example of a story that only should be 26 minutes, and they don't pad it, and it just, it is what it is, and I think that's so lost these days. It's it's just not a thing you really do. You know, No one wants to make a half-hour special of this sort, and it's just so refreshing to see something that, that moves along with such ease, and I'm sure, Andrew, you can speak to how much Anna gets the story and how easily it hits her, and probably how easy it is for her to sit through it all. Like, I'm just so impressed at how well it makes those points that Sam always makes in a quiet, quick, easy fashion. Doesn't belabor anything. It just goes. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Um, well, Anna, Anna play acts. Uh, now that we have her Christmas tree up, she play acts as Cindy Lou Who and I'm the Grinch, which probably plays right into Sam's talking points. Um, about uh, right. In our, in our house, she, 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 she runs upstairs to her own bedroom and then tells me to be the Grinch and stand by the Christmas tree. And then she comes, comes down and goes, why Sandy Claus? Why? And then I, <laughs> I've actually memorized that, that part of the, or close, almost memorized the, his line. in in that part, um, he's, well, he says he's, he's going to fix it up there. So he'll bring it back here to, he's going to take the tree to his workshop. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's easy for kids to understand the Grinch, the Grinch, I think the other thing we should talk about is like the Grinch is made lovable, not so much in the Jim Carrey one, but definitely in the other two, par- partially because of his connection with an animal, which is really interesting. Max, the dog, like that's the only thing that like makes him. Um, when Anna, I bring that up because Anna loves Max, um, the the dog that's turned into a reindeer, and Max seems to like have a good heart, and the Grinch loves Max. That's never in doubt, really. Like he makes him do things, but he seems to like be happy with his as a companion, which is like a really interesting way to sort of, you know, set up his his transformation or, or sort of sort of hint at it. Um, which the twenty eighteen the, the twenty eighteen one gets that to a T, yes, and does. the Jim Carrey one, which we'll get to. I don't like. I came and doesn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> the only other thing I was going to mention is just like if we're talking about the original, we have to talk about for like a, at least mention that the music is so damn good in the in in it. Uh, Thurl Ravenscroft is the singer. He does does you know you're a mean one mr grinch which just has like these amazing lines you know i wouldn't touch you with a 39 half foot pole um the stink stank stunk part like it's that's the part that like um (laughs) that anna anna sings constantly too you're a mean one you know all that (laughs) stuff yeah it's 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 great it's perfect you're right it's a perfect 26 minute christmas special Uh, to me the more i talk about it the more i the more i'm like I, I've always held that Charlie Brown, the Charlie Brown Christmas special is sort of like my favorite short one, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sam, is this your favorite? How would you, is it, is it just up there or is it number one? Uh, yeah, no, it's number one uh, in terms of shorts. Yeah. And it's like firmly in the classics zone. Mm-hmm. The, the Charlie Brown one is also amazing. Uh, we don't have to get into it, but I would rank it. I would rank it Grinch one, Charlie Brown two. Yeah, they're both they're both pretty they're both pretty excellent. There's not a lot of you know that's not a very controversial statement of those one and two, and with good cause because they're both they're both really really good. I like, say, it, is, go it, it is weird that the Grinch has Max in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. It like I, I don't know maybe it's it's the um, their way of like showing that he has the capacity to love something 
even if his heart is massively undersized. <laughs> but it is sort of strange that he has him in the first place. And I, I would sort of I, think, where would he be without Max? I would say it humanizes him, but I don't know what the Grinch is, so... <laughs> Well, in, in the 2018 one too, they—I believe it's just in the 2018 one—they make Ma- Max does a lot of work for the Grinch too. In that one, like Max, Max seems like a bit of a servant in a lot of ways, which which makes sense. So, like, I think you're right, Sam. Though there is a, especially in—I think at its core, it is supposed to show he has a capacity for love. But it's a nice touch to also make it where it's like, well, he he has this nice creature who's a good person, and because Max is so nice and pleasant, he takes advantage of that and has him make him coffee and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I will say, and this is how we're going to transition to the Jim Carrey one, because I watched the Jim Carrey one first, and then I watched the 1966 one, and then the 2018 one. And I was so impressed that at the beginning of the, I forgot how the Grinch song sort of goes, or how the Grinch like whole patter goes. And so at the beginning of the 1966, and presumably in the book as well, I couldn't tell you the last time I read the book, they they explained the story of the Grinch so concisely and they even yeah. say specifically, please don't ask why the Grinch is the way he is. Like they make, they, they beg the viewer not even <laughs> to ask this question. And then of course in fucking 2000, they make an entire movie about why the Grinch is the way he is. And it is, I'm going to come out and say it. it's the worst movie we, Andrew and I have ever talked about. And it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It's not even, it's just abhorrently, abhorrently terrible. I mean, I, I just, I agree. And I, 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 I was appalled. It's hard for me to separate. And you can't really like, like we all grew up with that crit, the, 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 the animated Grinch special that we just talked about, which is like beloved. And um, it's hard to separate how just objectively bad this is and how uh, bad it is relative to the brilliance of the, the, the first one. But I, 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 I cannot think of a a movie that I've, I've been more offended by, honestly, just watching it the whole time. And it's not, it was also not just the fact that they just seemed to, completely missed the whole point of the the book and the like the whole thematic point of it but also it's just a a weird loud obnoxious film like in 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 just perplexing ways and it's so bad that like i think ron howard is like no one puts ron howard up with like alfonso Cuarón, but i think he's like generally a a well-respected director uh and i wrote down like while i was watching this i'm like this is causing me to actually reconsider what I think of Ron Howard. Like it, it's so bad that it it cancels out the good things he's done with with movies. It's so bad. It's so and it's so it's so offensive in so many ways to me that I just I, I can't even I can't even deal with it. Yeah, it's, it's indefensible. And if you say it's indefensible, Sam, and it's a Christmas movie, that is that says a lot about its core content. It like doesn't even feel like a Christmas movie to me. That's a, I, I want to like exile it from the Christmas. <laughs> you're right. It really doesn't. It does not. It does. I think you're Andrew. You said it, and I'm sure Sammy feel the same way. It does not even remotely try and capture the spirit. And 
I, Jim Carrey doesn't seem to understand the character in that regard. Like, he seems to be playing a variation of the same, like, yelling, silly characters he plays, only in makeup. Like, there's just no heartwarming moments. The, the Everything they add on is extraneous and and not relevant, doesn't help, doesn't isn't funny, isn't interesting, doesn't flesh out the story in any ways, you know genuine or even just you know tr- you know extraneous like it's just it's just long and it's and it feels like it's trying to tell the untold story of the grinch but it just does a horrific job and no one asks for the untold story of the grinch anyway so what audience are they serving yeah I, there there are two a couple things i think specifically that it, it kind of missed the boat on uh i mean it missed the boat on everything but there's <laughs> in terms of like missing the core point of the grinch story one is just that um, it, it kind of makes the who's seem awful, like which is like like Jeffrey Tambor's character, especially in that, is like an asshole, and and like the the whole the whole the whole redemption of the Grinch is again spurred on by the who's celebrating Christmas in spite of it not being there, and muddying those waters is like a huge mistake from sort of the redemption part of the story. Um, and then the second thing I wrote down is it's sort of like it was, it's preoccupied with the actual like method with which he stole Christmas and spending a lot of time on that. And like, I, I was, I'm struck by that in contrast to the um, original, which doesn't actually spend, it's actually spends shockingly little time on him actually like stealing decorations and stuff like that. Um, and the, just the big contrast there, like who cares how he goes down the chimney and like, I, I just, it was just, there's just, but there, I mean, I'm just, those two things that I'm pulling out that, I mean, we can talk about the baby Grinch. We can talk about how he wants to, <laughs> fuck christine baranski like and I she just, him so it's not I, unrequited it's there's just, just so much here that is just like it's it's mind-boggling i i yeah i don't know what to say yeah i wrote that the all the who's are petty af yeah <laughs> yeah um i like how you say that like you don't even know what it means you just you wrote it AF. Like, it's it's yeah it it totally it, yeah it totally it takes the plot points and then constructs a completely different story around it and it's that is so frustrating there's like 5 minutes of it felt like longer of him building the sleigh right right what is that about yeah who cares <laughs> like yeah just have just plot Max on front and then just like have him pull the sleigh, even though that's not possible. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It feels like they had to get it over. Like they were under some sort of obligation to get it over a hundred minutes. They had no, they would have been like thrown in the lake if they didn't get it over a hundred minutes in the freezing cold. So they did it. And, but it's just, yeah, everything just feels so padded. It's just, there's no one, I couldn't imagine, like, I, I guess, and, and I have friends who, I've not talked to them in detail, but I have friends who were raised on this movie to some extent, or at least saw it when they were, oh they can't really God. be raised on it, because we were 15, so. That's Are they not serial the- killers? Like, what, <laughs> at, yeah. <laughs> actually, frequent In Real Deep podcast guest, uh, Hulk, is a big fan of this movie, and oh I need to talk to him. I was talking to, I was, I was messaging his wife. Because she she saw me on Instagram talking about how much I hated this, and she was like, "You need to talk to my husband about this movie because I tell him it's terrible every year, and he refuses to admit it." 
But I didn't realize he was. We were 15 when this came out, so he doesn't even have the excuse of being a kid. He was a. He was a. <laughs> we were in high school when he thinks it's good. That's not. That's inexcusable. I'm. I'm like, upset all over again now. You know yeah. what really bothers me about this movie is that it it takes an incredibly dim view of humanity, right? Yeah. Is is like there's political corruption. Everyone yes. themselves. Like, and then the Grinch is just like literally a terrorist. Like he's not just he's not just stealing Christmas and then putting it back. He's like burning down their Christmas tree and creating mass mayhem all over the place. And like, if there is one thing that the Grinch is supposed to do, it's to say, like, humans are going to do things around Christmas and buy each other gifts, but at and and that might be materialistic, but at the end of the day, humans really use Christmas as a day to celebrate being together with their families, and it just totally misses the point. Yeah, it it does. I mean, I I the only thing I wrote down is like I I, I almost feel, especially in this maybe as a natural segue into the next one, but like I feel like you have to actually try to fuck the story up this badly. <laughs> Like you can make a bad live action remake of the Grinch. And I, I think the, the one thing I would say that's demonstrably tr- true from seeing a live action remake is that you should never make a live action remake of this. Cause the makeup is going to be creepy as fuck, but like be, there's so many more mistakes beyond that, that like, it's like, it, it just, it, I, I don't know how you, it's a children's book. I don't know how you miss the point of it that badly. Like children's books, I read a lot of them these days. They're not like the message isn't like thinly veiled or debatable in any of them. And it's not thinly veiled in a Dr. Seuss book, especially. And so that's what is so like again, like offensive and upsetting to me in some ways. It's like yeah. Ron Howard is supposed to be a smart guy. And he 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 missed the boat so badly here, and I don't understand why. I don't understand how that can happen. I don't. I wonder. Like I have no. I never thought about this movie at all. Really, I never saw it. This is the first time I've ever seen it, and until we watched it now. And I want. Do people call him out for this? Is he? Did he receive like a scarlet letter of sorts, at least from Christmas aficionados? Because I I just I know it made a lot of money and it was a big box office hit, but people must have hated it then too, right? I looked up Roger Ebert's review of it, and it was two stars. That's, which is uh, Roger. Come on. Way too generous in my opinion. Um, yeah, his, his thing was basically like Jim Carrey was the only one that tried in this movie and he didn't have anything to work with, which I think is way too kind to the film. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the same review. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say too. And I think Sam, you touched on this and this is the, this is a good transition as Andrew, you said into the, into the 2018 one, the, the Grinch is not supposed to be, I, he does not. There, there are, we're watching three versions of this story, and in two of them, the Grinch is a curmudgeon who lives on a mountain and just looks down on these happy people and gets you know sour about it. And this one, he's a known quantity. He's a terror. He's an issue. He's he's just this like he's this 
ever-present being, and it's all the worse for it. Like, and it, and and that really, I think, misses the point of the character at least entirely. He's not meant to be there all the time. He's meant to. He's an afterthought. It's it's good when he's that. It's good when he's just looking down because the Who's don't they don't want to get caught up in that sort of negativity. They're they're living their jolly lives. Like that makes everything that happens to them make so much more sense. It makes the Grinch's turn make so much more sense when he's ensconced in their lives. It doesn't. It, the fact that he suddenly at the end flips and is now nice it's not earned at all in the jim carrey version like i wrote in my notes five minutes after christmas the grinch is going to hate all these assholes yes, and become a yes. dick again. Like, <laughs> that's right there's yeah. no there's no it, watching that movie and seeing that ending the only reason it happens is because it's part of the story it's not earned in the least yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Okay. I thought your point was great that he he will probably like flip around again five minutes later. Yeah, he's gonna uh, hang out with all these people. He doesn't. He's diametrically opposed to them and doesn't like them. Like, and the other movies don't make it clear that they're like. Obviously, he probably will become friends with them, but it's not like they've become kindred spirits. He's just he's found the the room in his heart to love them in this specific instance and this nice day. Like, hopefully, he'll be a better person. But it it just doesn't feel like a one, such a one eighty. It feels like a, a reawakening and a re resizing of his heart. You know. It's just it's just such a mess. I hate it so much. My yeah, God. and before we go further, Max gets a rim job from the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even does that really happen? I don't remember that at all. I might have just stopped paying attention to that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's in a kids movie. <laughs> wow. God. <laughs> it's the I'm worst. Just- it's the oh. worst. Like, I'm going to just say it. Fuck you, Ron Howard. Fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Fuck you. I liked Apollo 13, but fuck you. You stink. You know, AJ, you said, I, was, uh, I don't even know if you think this is true, but you said love actually is a waste of talent. Like, this is potentially a, a an even worse waste of talent. Oh, I agree. Oh, I- Anthony Hopkins is the narrator. Yeah, I agree. You're right. No, this is I when I was watching this, I, I think I texted you guys that I it, like love love actually was looking very appealing um during during the Jim Carrey Grinch. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to it's going to that might influence our our uh, <laughs> podcast review of it now because now we have a new lowest level of film to compare it to. Very shrewd, Sam. Very shrewd. Easiest <laughs> comeback. Well, at least it's not the Grinch. Yep. Oh, Sam's always one step ahead. Yeah. So if we had ended with this, it would have been a really sour note, and it would have been fun, but it still would have left a bad taste in our mouths. But luckily, in 2018, and I can't believe I'm saying this because before we did this podcast, I would never have considered seeing this movie. But there's a new Grinch movie that just came out, and it is... It is a breath of fresh air after seeing the Jim Carrey version. It gets it. It is fun. It is interesting. It, it, it's, it's just, I, I laugh numerous times. There's some dumb parts. It's a kid's movie. But it is just, it is so nice to see a movie like this that, and I, I don't even feel like I'm praising it too much. It, it just understands what it's trying to accomplish. And, it, and the padding it does add to the story to get it to feature, you know, length is all super fun and neat. Like, there's just, I, it, again, it's not perfect at all. It's not at all as good as the 26-minute version. But it is just a very, very nice return to form for the Grinch story from a film perspective. Yeah, which is even in in my in my view makes is more damning of the the Jim Carrey version because <laughs> yes. it because it proves like when I found out this is coming out, I first of all 
decided I was going to take Anna because she loves the Grinch and, you know, I want to take her to the movie theater as much as I can. Um, but I was bracing for like the worst, Be- not because I'd even seen the Jim Carrey one, but just because like I hold that Boris Karloff animated special one so close to, you know, in terms of like, you know, you don't want to like guard it because it's, it's such a special thing. And um, yeah, it just like, like like you said like you said first of all it's it's a it's shorter it's like an hour and 25 minutes which is like i think about the maximum that you can go with this story really um and it's probably even a little too long in that context but like yeah it just it to it it actually understands the characters it actually the thing i would give it the most sort of credit for is it actually goes different places uh with the story with that extra time and it plays the Grinch a little bit differently. It doesn't turn the Boris Karloff Grinch up to 11. Instead, it just kind of gives its own twist on the Grinch that's still in line with, like, who he is. Um, and, yeah, it, it was, it was like, what a pleasant little surprise. Uh, and I think I, I wrote a review for it on the site. People can check it out there. I think I was actually a little too harsh on it. Like I said, I would, I would probably never seek it out again. Um, but like, I would watch this again next year with, with, with Anna, you know, like, that's because you didn't know about the Jim Carrey. One. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, I will always, the, the 26 minute one will always be like number one, but like, I mean, we can talk about some of the great, great things in here, but like, uh, to me, Keenan Thompson was his, his voice acting was the great in this, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch just gave a whole different spin to it. I thought the end was really a really different but good way to do it. And to your point, Sam, they actually, I think they get the who's right in this and and get them right in the sense of like, why would they bother the Grinch so much? Which is they're kind of obnoxious in their holiday spirit in like an Amy Poehler enthusiastic way instead of just being like noisy and obnoxious and that's it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. uh, that's a fantastic point. So before we get too deep into this, though, I want to ask Steve what it was like <laughs> the Grinch by, by yourself <laughs> and what the rest of the composition of the theater was like. So I saw this on a Tuesday evening, <laughs> uh, early Tuesday, like around like 5 p.m. on Tuesday. And there was a surprising amount of people in the crowd I snuck uh, some tiny wines in in my pockets because <laughs> so Tuesday is also my theater near my building in downtown Los Angeles is uh, nine dollar movies. So I paid nine dollars, which was great. I snuck some wine in so I didn't have to buy a drink. And I sat there and I was, you know, I'd read Andrew's review and I was, you know, expecting a decent movie, especially again after the Jim Carrey one. I knew it was, wasn't going to be that bad. And I will say by the end, and maybe I was just in an emotional state. Maybe it was the two small bottles of wine. Maybe it was <laughs> just my Tuesday afternoon feelings. But I teared up at the end. I got emotional. And um, not like, you know, tears streaming. But, like, I certainly was was uh, caught up in, in, the, in the emotion of the movie. And I like to think that's because it just – it's, a, again, a timeless story. It's so well done when done right. And it, it, it hits all the notes that you want to hit. Like, Andrew and I have talked about before on this podcast and in our reviews – 
there's only so many versions of stories. Like sometimes you get surprised by something out of left field and you go, wow, that's a, a really genuinely different take on something that we're used to seeing this way so often. But it's the reason there's only so many stories is because when you do them right, they work. It doesn't, and it's not easy to do them right. Sometimes the, the, the most tired, overwrought thing can be new and special when done in the best way. And I think this is just a great classic story that has lasted for so long for that reason. And this movie hits enough of the notes, you know, 90% of them in such a way that it really, really did resonate and make me feel real good. That's great, Steve. <laughs> really, really glad to hear that. Um, I... I mean, I also thought this movie was fantastic. Um, I thought the Grinch was a little bit soft. Like that that's my only that, that was my only criticism really of the movie is that he's a little soft hearted, even at the beginning. Um, and you know, it doesn't impact uh, his transformation or or anything, but uh, but you know he he shows the capacity for love that the original Grinch doesn't. Uh, initially that I thought was a little bit like I wish I just wish he was a bit meaner and <laughs> more, and a, a little bit more unkempt right so when I look across the three movies like the original the original Grinch he's like he's living in a cave right <laughs> and it's not a it's not a lair right he's and like he he cuts his santa costume out of a curtain that he has randomly standing up and his bed's super shabby and everything and it seemed like in this one like he was sort of in the lap of luxury i mean he has a dumb waiter in his house <laughs> yes he does <laughs> which is the most like, luxurious yeah. item you can possibly have in your house yeah. and yeah, so and it's a little it's just a little soft for me um like i i Maybe maybe this is part of the Boris Karlov influence, but like he's supposed to be a monster a little bit, uh, and I think like I I don't know what the Grinch is. I don't think anyone knows what the Grinch is, but he he is like a monster, right? At some level, and and I feel like that was the only miss of this movie. But there were the other things made up for it. Uh, well, I think so. I know what you're saying, Sam, and like yeah, there's like like. Even in the original one, the Grinch has like yellow crooked teeth, right? Too. So he's like, yeah, he's a little, he's a little, he's, he's scarier, right? Um, but like we obviously in the previous movie we talked about, we know the, the, the far out extreme of that, which is Jim Carrey eating onions raw. Ugh. Like, ugh. but, uh, like I <laughs> feel like, I feel like, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I actually feel like that, and I, I, I think it was, I'm certain it was a deliberate decision to make the character the way, the way he was. Um, I feel like that it, to me, that was actually like a smart thing to do because it, it actually gave the film uh, an opportunity to go to slightly different places tonally without missing the whole story. And also without it feeling like a complete extended knockoff of the original, you know, which I, I think is, I think, I know what you're saying. It may not be as true to the original Grinch, but it, I think it may have been a smart move to give them a little bit of separation 
and and not try to just compete with that original, which is impossible to compete with. Yeah, I thought it was like I like that he was sort of a like you said he was a little more lonely than than angry or or mean, but but also he was like an inventor, you know, like and I feel like that is a logical sort of uh skill or job even that, that the Grinch character would have. Like, how does he put all this stuff together to steal Christmas? How does he you know, I, I sort of liked seeing him put the little team together and prep that kind of stuff. Like and with all the gadgets and stuff in his house, like, yeah, it's not exactly what the character was meant to be originally, but I think it logically makes sense. Like if he's a dude who sits in this little, you know, cave by himself and he's like, you know, proficient in some ways. It makes sense that he'd build his whole little world, this self-sustaining, you know, universe for himself, and only come out of the few rare times when he needs to pick up canned goods. So I, I thought that was nice. I thought it was. I get it, but I get it. Enough. You're, you're a, you're a. Um, what's it called? You like the original element of it a lot. Like, I think if you're gonna flush it out from 26 to 86 minutes, you might as well. I think that's not a bad, bad decision to make. Uh, yeah, and I, in that way, I, I I did agree with that part uh, um, with the decision that they made uh, to make him like a tinkerer, a builder of things. Um, <laughs> just because, well, I feel like they learned from the Jim Carrey experience because that that one is like you know he becomes a tinkerer in that one too, and I was like wondering where that came from, right? Because in the original, he's not really like building things like he has a sewing mm-hmm. machine in his house yeah <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> apart from that and and i think it's actually it actually helped like the plot a little bit because the whoville in the uh 2018 version is like significantly more vast than yeah. the whovilles and they sort of need to have him uh somewhat plausibly figure out a way to uh, steal Christmas from a larger town, right? Right. So, so I th- I thought it was like a good plot device uh, in that respect, uh, and maybe potentially something where they took a piece of the Jim Carrey uh, version, uh, but none of the bad parts, which yeah. was ninety nine percent of the movie. I I also wonder from a technical perspective if part of the like softness of him is literally visually and the decision to computer animate, right? It's it's if when you computer animate, you get this sort of smoothness and fidelity that, you know, a hand-drawn version you're not going to get. Um, and, you know, you, well, I mean, I won't even go into the nightmare fuel that is the makeup uh, in, in the, the Jim Carrey one, but like, and I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, but like when you hand draw and you deliberately do a very Susian style animation, um, it, it, it's it's that's a big difference between between that and sort of like computer animation. But I th- I thought they did a great job with the computer animation and still maintaining some of that sus that susy like you know f- fun and oddballness and like playing with perspective and and size and stuff like that. But you know I don't know. Just throwing that out there. No, po- no. I, I think more than anything, this is proof that this is a story that should be told in an animated fashion, like. The live yeah. action element, like you said, Andrew, the makeup is creepy. 
it's just it's you can the 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 wonder and the 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 Whoville, just everything about the story though it's not a big story in every way the parts that are big the way they do Christmas the way they are those are hard things to recapture with human beings you know it just seems fake it seems forced it seems weird it seems odd like when you can do when you use animation it's real easy to get all the things the story is going for without forcing a person to look ridiculous or act ridiculous in a way that just falls apart sort of inevitably but here you can just be bombastic and 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 turn it up to 11 even when you don't have to and it still feels right and it works and i think that's one of the i think the idea of making a live action grinch in and of itself is doomed to be a failure because just the story just doesn't work that way that was going to be one of my lightning round questions for you guys <laughs> Should the Gr- can the grinch ever be a live action version and i think you sufficiently well, let's say, Andrew, no. do you think there's ever hope or is that just yeah no 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 <laughs> no i mean i the only way you could do that is like a i don't know like a like you know how sometimes they make william shakespeare plays but then they like you know put them in the 1800s i think you have to change everything you know it's it, it, like or hook hook eyes it you know like uh, it's like it's you know it's just a normal guy who dresses in green a lot and his name is like theodore grinch or something oh my god that makes that makes me want to throw up <laughs> don't give don't give them any ideas aj don't all right steve cut that, part out. Don't, <laughs> cut that part out don't make them make it because then sam will inevitably see it because he has to and then he will make then us we'll, watch it next year yeah, they'll have to watch four of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have to revisit them all in chronological order, watching them this time for maximum effects. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino is the Grinch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Guys, also, a couple of final points on this, the uh, on the, the 2018 version. The reindeer, amazing. Fred. Fred is... The fat reindeer, yeah. yeah. His family, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> he's just, that was really good. Um, and then also the goat screaming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my, a nice touch. I like that. My niece just loves that. Yeah. <laughs> I go, what does the goat say? And then she screams in my face. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so good. That's great. Well, can we talk about the end very briefly, though? Like, I thought the end was just so, in the, so, and I'm assuming that's the part that made you kind of like get all for Steve. But like, the idea that you know it doesn't just end with him bringing the presents back, and it ends with actually Cindy Lou Who seeking him out and inviting him to Christmas, and then him like, then the Grinch being very brave and going there after he's robbed all these people and returned their stuff. Like I just thought that was like a great way to do it, um, a great way to end the film that again separated itself from from the original, um, and yet perfectly sort of captured the whole spirit of the thing yeah and like i said my interpretation at least was was not that he was now going to become he wasn't like i'm glad they didn't do a version where he buys a house in whoville and is like i'm part of the gang now you know like but he was he was he was building a bridge to them and he was trying and he was like you said he, he was being brave and he was putting himself out there a little bit which he had trouble with too so i think that all but that that speaks to they even if it wasn't the version of the character from 66, they they the screenwriters here understood this version of the character, you know? He was a little softer. He was it wasn't just that he was, 
you know, his heart grew, but that he then tried to engage with the citizens and be part of society. Like that, that is what this Grinch should do. The other Grinch, it's okay that maybe he just, you know, turns a corner and is a nice person, like, and sings a song. But the fact this Grinch chooses to maybe integrate himself into a dinner and a, a holiday is great. And also with no promise of more than that, but just that on this special day and this special occasion, he's going to give it a shot and then we'll see what happens. Like, I think that just is very logical and made a lot of sense given everything that came before it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you could argue that it's the only part of the new Grinch that's better than the old Grinch. And it's facilitated by all the things that you said, Steve, in terms like him starting out softer um, enables that to some degree. Um, but I, I, I loved the end of this movie. I really did. It was incredibly heartwarming. It was great. And I, and Sam, thank you for, uh, and Andrew for writing the review. So I knew a little what to expect, but the Johnson brothers in particular set me up very nicely to, uh, to be, to be captivated and uh, entertained by this one. So it was, it was, if, if, for all the movies we've watched so far, Sam, this is the true holiday treat, I think that you've brought to my life. So this is, you can feel good in your heart after this podcast, knowing that you've made a little bit of an impact on a, on a curmudgeonly old soul like myself. You're welcome, Steve. That's what Christmas is all about. (laughs) (laughs) You did it, buddy. It just took you a year and change and a bunch of episodes and, and, and a horrible, horrible movie that came before this one, but that's okay. Well, we're not we're not done with your transformation yet, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're pretty much. I mean, not there's the one turn that you see uh, <laughs> in the original Grinch. So, so. You made a dent, though. That's good. You, you got to start with somewhere, right? All right. Can I start with my uh, lightning round questions? Lay it on us, Sam. Okay. Uh, what's the best Whoville? Uh. Ooh. I think the 2018 one, just because there's yeah, more. There's, so. there's not a ton of Whoville in the original. So yeah, like, and, and the 2018 one has has Keenan Thompson's character in it, which he was hilarious. Yeah, he was great. Brickle bombs, all right. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, he was great. I, I I like the original personally. Like the small town feel. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, best Max. Uh first one. Yeah, probably the first one. No, the 2018 one was nice too, but it's, it's hard to. It obviously came from the first one, so. I I like the I like the coffee toting Max personally. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> should there be? Should it, the Grinch have interaction with the townspeople prior to uh, Christmas night? Yes, mm. yes, but only in the way the 28. Only in like a casual, uh, you know, just like a passerby type deal i'm gonna say yes just because it's it's it the original never says that he doesn't and in fact he's so annoyed with them that it's it seems unlikely that he wouldn't have had some sort of interaction but i agree yes he shouldn't be he shouldn't be taking a water slide down to whoville every day i mean the answer to all these questions is not the jim carrey ron howard (laughs) whatever ron howard did don't do that if you were grading this i would just answer that's all of them and just take whatever grade you gave me trusting that it would be a pretty high one this is going exactly as i wanted it to um any speculations on what the Grinch is? I, I I swear in the in the the Ron Howard one they hinted some sort of foul play upon his consummation, but I don't for the life of me remember what that was. 
I I don't know. I don't I don't. Is that ever made clear in any version of the story? I don't think so. I think George R. R. Martin needs to write an origin story. <laughs> Tell us, yeah. Uh, what is he? I mean, what's a who though? Really? Yeah, I I can't answer that question either. I mean, they're fucking weird too. They have like chipmunk cheeks and buck teeth and yeah, they're weird chipmunk humans. Yeah, yeah. One of them is Jeffrey Tambor. There's a lot going on. Okay, and finally. Say a nice thing about the Jim Carrey movie. Oh. I can I know what to say because I don't entirely. Andrew and I differ a little bit. I think the makeup is. And Andrew, you might you might disagree. I think the makeup is very technically proficient. I was really impressed at how much time they all must have spent in the makeup chair before filming all those scenes, and I think they looked good. I agree. I, I think they looked unnatural and odd and it didn't add to the movie, but I was impressed at how much work the actual makeup people themselves did to put them all together. Uh, I think the song Where Are You Christmas or whatever, that, that one's not bad. And I, that was part of the soundtrack for it. Uh, Amanda pointed that out to me while we were watching this, my wife and my wife. Uh, and uh, no, no, Don't, please. <laughs> cut that out. Um <laughs> and uh she she said the next day she was like well at least there's that song and i said not worth it but yeah the song isn't bad sam what's your answer to that one uh when uh okay so when uh they're telling the grinch origin story in the carrie movie um (laughs) that that creepy ass baby grinch this is a very bad start to a good part (laughs) i'm just so um the so one of the normal babies gets delivered and the uh, husband comes out and says, Oh, our baby's here. It looks like your boss. (laughs) Which I thought was a great adultery joke. (laughs) Maybe that's why I thought the Grinch was a product of adultery. That's very possible. I might've, I might've come. So that wasn't the Grinch baby. That was another baby. Apparently it was no, it was definitely another baby. Okay. Yeah, that might have been and, confusion on my. Okay, that's clarifying. Thank you. That joke, that joke actually made me chuckle. So I was decent. <laughs> we if, name we name such horrible things the like these are such transitory slight moments in an overall awful movie. If you had, if you had of the baby Grinch doll or whatever that was used to make that. And you could like put it in people's room. You could scare the shit out of people. That thing is terrifying. Yeah. I want no part of that or anything related to this movie at all. If you ever want to make Anna stop watching the Grinch, just put it in her room. Yeah. Andrew, well, Andrew, there's the question. How long will you keep this movie from her as long as you possibly can? Yeah, I mean, like, when can she do a Google search? And yeah, like, I don't, as long as I possibly can. She's never going to know it exists. What if you're on Netflix um, one day and you flip by it and she's, she catches her eye? What are you going to do then? It's a, big, it's a big risk right now. I'll just say no. I say no to her all the time. Yeah. I'm very used to it. Okay. And I'll, I'll offer her an alternative, which is the we own the original one. What if she gets curious and really wants to see it? Then I'll buy the new Grinch for her and show her up. <laughs> You could probably, that's actually a pretty good fake out. You can just say, oh, you're confused. You mean this one that I have right here that is a present yeah. for you. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I support. Just do not, please do not show either of your children, anyone anyone in the world, anyone listening, if you have children, do not show them the 2000 How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Please promise, swear on the In Real Deep podcast that you will keep this a secret as much as you can, given that it is an 18-year-old movie that made $350 million. 
Or just anyone in general, just never watch this movie. Don't yeah. do it to yourself. Yeah. Tweet at Netflix and tell them to take it off their service because it's garbage. Yeah, those are good PSAs, guys. <laughs> oh, well, that does it. That was a marathon. That was so much, Sam. But ultimately a success. So thank you for making us watch how many minutes? I don't know, Should we do some quick math? 200 minutes about? Is that right? More? 210 yeah. minutes of Grinch? Probably too yeah, many we'll overall. But but a good experiment. We don't recommend it at home. If, you, if you're doing it along with us, God bless you, but not a necessity. You can just join us on the In Real Deep podcast and listen to us lament and praise as needed without watching all of the movies. But if you got through it all, congratulations. You are with us, and you are fully embedded in the Christmas spirit that Sam Johnson would like us all to take into our hearts. So. Well, you, you can watch the two good ones in basically the same amount of time as the Jim Carrey one. That's true. That's a great, that's a good PSA right there. I like that. That's a, so. that's for the public service without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is just the second of our five Christmas episodes, holiday episodes, but again, Christmas episodes. We have three more on the way. Next Monday, we are going to be talking about Elf. On Friday, the 21st of December, we are talking about Love Actually again, which by then, Andrew, we may hate it again but who knows as we noted maybe we will find room in our hearts for that movie unlikely and then on the 24th on christmas eve we're going to be talking muppet christmas carol so three more to go in our holiday month please join us reload those feeds subscribe and head to inrealdeep.com andrew's the grinch review is up there so if you want more grinch musings i couldn't imagine why you'd want more after all of this but (laughs) if you do andrew wrote about it it was great he doesn't see a ton of movies these days because of children so it was a real treat to have him go to the theater and report back on that one so check all those out and keep downloading the in real deep podcast sam thank you for joining us again always a treat of course Andrew, a pleasure. Good luck with your Love Actually viewing. I know it's going to come soon, and we're going to be bitching about it on text to each other, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep. But Elf first. Elf is always a treat. I think that's going to be – we're all going to just nod and say, yes, Elf is great. So I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, it's a five-minute episode. <laughs> we like the Elf. We Very like possibly, Elf. but join us anyway and see if it's five or 35 minutes. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. For now, thanks for listening, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Ooh,